For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hey, this is Booker T, WCW five-time champion and WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to In the Room. Now, can you dig that, sucker? Wrestling Network, featured each and every week live, VOCNation.com, and of course on your favorite podcast provider as well. I'm Brady Hicks, we've got a full staff here tonight. Uh, well, that sounded sick. I didn't mean it like that, guys. Uh, Hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. Uh, we, have, jokes. Uh, we have Kathy Fitz. What's going on, Kathy? There was a joke there I didn't make, Kathy. Oh, please. Huh? Let me turn this down. All right. How are you doing, Kathy? I'm doing good. How are you guys? <laughs> Can't complain. Can't complain. It's not like my car, uh, you know, was stopped at a traffic light and I got hit and pushed into a ravine where, you know, all these medical uh, maladies ensued. Nothing like that happened, thank God. So, that's Kathy, going around. Stroke-inducing <laughs> car accident. <laughs> we have the one and only maestro professional wrestling, Papa Stro, looking like the uh, emperor there with the with the hoodie going on. How you doing? I man, I'm just trying to stay warm. I, I just I just got back from a wrestling event in West Virginia, Bluefield, and big ups to uh, Premier Wrestling Atlantic uh, for having me. Uh, it was a good time, and uh, it was great seeing uh, the West Virginia fans there. So, uh, so it was now, good. pretty good show. Oh yeah, yeah, great, great time, yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, got got to see some old, made some new friends. Yeah, can't wait to go back. <laughs> All right. Uh, we also have once again uh, Kevin Brady. I'll start on my left there. What we have uh, the one and only Kevin Brady, uh, truly unique individual. Right, unique individual. 
That, that it's, it's, me, it's HKB, the original Brady in Wrestling Radio. Here to ask you, Brady Hicks, if we're going to start the show with an 80s sitcom theme, shouldn't it be Full House this week? All right, uh, Danny Tanner. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I didn't have that. Uh, poor, poor Danny. Poor. That's it's just crazy. been a crazy week for our for our hearers. I do have this one, but this doesn't really apply. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like it always applies. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Not yeah. Uh, we also have uh, Patrick Hackett joining us once again. How you feeling, Pat? I know you've been uh, under the weather a lot. Yeah, so if you think you have COVID, the best idea is to not get obliterated and stay up until midnight talking trash to people who listen to you on VOC Nation. <laughs> it's, it's made my COVID so much worse. Really? You're, t- you're talking yep. about the drunk episode, but you said it was helping. Yeah, no, it did not. My, the rest <laughs> of my family recovered in less than a week. I was wow. down and out for two weeks. Oh, I no. just started feeling better. I got a ton of energy, though, and I am ready to open that forbidden door and walk yes. out through. Well, we got to talk about that. It's insane. And, and, Kevin, I know you're not the most up-to-date with a lot of the current goings and comings and all that jazz, but uh, for WWE this week, uh, they announced that Mickey James, the Impact Women's Champion was going to be part of the Royal Rumble. To me, that's a huge deal. I don't think we've seen anything like that since, what, like the 90s? Like ECW, maybe a little NWA mixed in. But by and large, um, not been something that they've gone to very often. And and, and here's no, the interesting mean, thing. Here's the interesting thing. Let me just, let me just say this. Um, WWE has never gone to this strategy when they were ahead in the ratings against their competitors. That's the case. There it is. So, I mean, that's well. That's the other thing too is back in in the '90s when they were doing the ECW crossovers. I mean, that was beneficial more so for ECW. There was no real competition between those two companies. That was the equivalent of borrowing somebody from a high indie. Now you're looking at Impact, which you know, look. I mean, Impact is not what it once was, but I mean. Ten years ago, Impact was putting on a pretty legitimate fight with uh, with WWE, where it was looking like, hey, maybe there's a potential for somebody to overtake the the granddaddy of them all. Now, obviously, they slipped from that position, but they are still the same company, and to have a working relationship with them now, um, I don't know what it says, honestly, about WWE. I don't. Is this a is this just them saying, well, Impact is absolutely no threat, so why not? Or is this them saying, hey, let's try and get a leg up on on um, AEW because didn't until recently AEW and Impact had a relationship uh, for talent sharing to that point. So with that going by the wayside, now WWE can scoop up those uh, Impact talents to, to use that they can't show up on AEW's Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's interesting, if nothing else. And it's drastic, not drastic it's times. Not, all yeah. drastic measures. Oh, here's hey, the thing. You know, I, I just, I think it's like, you know, they got rid of all that talent, and now it's coming close to the Royal Rumble, and they're thinking, oh my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, we have 120 people or uh, right. 60 people. I don't know why I went 120. So yeah. I think that's why they reached now to the former talent yeah. to make you know, it's, uh, appearances. It, it's just, it's, things out. 
And it's weird to me um, because obviously this has been a strategy that's been going on for um, the better part of a year, like you said, Kevin, with, a, with AEW, uh, not just Impact, uh, but New Japan as well. Impact's been welcoming New Japan. AEW's been welcoming New Japan. Hard to kill. Impact's pay-per-view this past Saturday featured a Ring of Honor match and the Ring of Honor announcer and, and the, the Ring of Honor commentary. It was, it, was, it was cool. It was different. But it's like, Patrick, I mean, at this point, are we just trying to get in on the fun here? Just like, I, I don't I know. Well, but the double whammy here for AEW is not only did they lose that partnership with Impact that they had until recently, but they, for all intents and purposes, they've kind of had to temporarily shut down their their New Japan connection because of COVID and, and getting guys into the country uh, is a lot harder than it was, you know, even maybe six months ago uh, with, with the, the upkick in Omicron. So now there's two streams of additional talent that are no longer available to AEW. And, and from WWE's perspective, like, you know, Hack mentioned, uh, they cut all these guys. So they get all these guys off of the active roster. They're not cutting them a check every month. Um, but, you know, you can fill in those gaps with a one-time appearance by a couple of guys from a different company, and, you know, it's, it's a much cheaper way to fill out your card um, overall. Yeah, I, I think that it is what Kevin said earlier and a lot of what Stroh said is desperate times call for desperate measures, and I think they don't think that impact is actually the threat. I think they do recognize AEW as a threat right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that they're throwing whatever they can against the wall. It'd be really interesting. Like, the only person that I could see is Jericho. Like, Jericho's continued to maintain a good relationship with Vince. He was on Steve Austin's show. I could see hitting that countdown and, uh, you know, maybe following it up with Judas. And that'd be really interesting. Um, we saw this in the 90s. We saw them with ECW. We saw it with, you know, New Japan. We saw it with when Ric Flair was carrying around the big gold belt. And they don't do this when they're on top. So they must be scared. Uh, the, the other thing that's been going on that kind of runs hand in hand with this is basically Triple H has been wiped out of the company. They, I don't know if it's Vince McMahon and his famous, uh, you know, people don't get sick, don't cough, don't sneeze in front of them and, Trips had, you know, the big heart issue, and he's like, well, i got to protect my son-in-law, and so, you know, all the stress is gone, but it felt like that was the future of the company, and now it feels like, oddly, that the worldwide leader in professional wrestling is barely treading water right now, although, you know, they, they're doing what they have to do to make news right now, I think. Well, you know, heck, it's, it's funny It's funny you mentioned two desperate times, and, and Stro mentioning desperate times. Now, you guys probably, you know, you're, you're all more plugged in than I am, so maybe you've read more than I have on this subject. Um, but I got I to gotta think that of all of the entertainment venues uh, out there and all of the quote-unquote sports entertainment venues, uh, meaning specifically sports and entertainment, so the NFL and Hollywood, of everything, you got to figure the, 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 the type of, of company hit hardest by the last two years of COVID would have to be professional wrestling. I mean, you lost all of those live dates that have been the lifeblood of the industry for decades. You lost two years of live shows. Um, you know, that, that gate is important. I know a lot of their money does come from their TV deals, but 
you know, they don't have monthly pay-per-views anymore, and they haven't for quite some time, you know, realistically speaking, since the beginning of the network. Nobody's shelling mm-hmm. out $50 a month to watch yeah. the Survivor Series. At worst, they were shelling out $10 a month for their network subscription. So that was, a, I would imagine, a pretty big loss in revenue. And then, like I said, the live gate, you know, and then the merch sales that go with the live gate, that stuff all adds up. Um, so you could see why they maybe needed to cost uh, to cut some costs by releasing some talent they weren't using, um, they, which again makes it all the more interesting that they would be reaching out to outsiders to to fill out some cards, especially these cards like the Royal Rumble that are going to be, you know, just by definition they require more talent. I mean, you, in two matches you've got to use sixty human beings just to fill out two matches on that card. And I don't want to make WWE sound poor here because I don't think that's the issue. But but, but they also had to cancel three Saudi shows in that time. And each of those are for, what, $300 million a pop or $400 million a pop? Something like that. Some, some crazy numbers. So they canceled those. Um, I, I think the well, Brady, what thing- you got What you got to remember in, in big business, Brady, sorry to cut you off, but what you got to remember, it's not about being poor. It's about not making as much profit as you used to. So sure. if you lose if you lose two billion dollars in profit, let's say you know a mega corporation, right? You lose mm-hmm. two billion dollars in profit. Maybe you still cleared two billion, but you were expecting to make four billion. They consider that a loss, not sure. a not a good year of a two billion dollar profit. So from Vince's standpoint, he's got stockholders he has to to answer to. So showing any kind of a loss is a huge hit for the company, and 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 you know that's that's really what can really crush a publicly held company is is not showing the profits that they're promising their their investors. And I think for so long uh the feeling has been that they want to just they want to find that thing to take off. And and they haven't been able to find it really since the attitude era which is now more than 20 years ago, you know. Um I think in the 80s they had that really good run in the late 80s. They went a couple of years where it was down and then they were right back. So like to, to look at it, I think they're just kind of scrambling for something, and I'm really hoping it's a change in mindset. I really am. Whether or not it will be productive for them, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be really telling. Pat, like you said, Jericho comes in for the Rumble. Do they use the Judas some? I don't think they do it personally. But if they do, I, I think that signifies a, a, a kind of a change in the way that things have always been versus how they are maybe now. The other one is the Mickey James thing, uh, because people are making a huge deal out of this. So she retained her title at Hard to Kill on Saturday. Which is shocking, because I think everybody was like, oh, they're taking the title off of her. But she's walking in there with that strap, huh? Yeah, and I wonder if she's not going to have the belt with her when she comes down. Like, to me, you know, you reference it on television. Fair game, you might as well. But, again, that's never the way WWE has operated in the past. Well, that's the thing they did, and, and you know, I didn't see um, – did this all go down on Raw, I guess? I didn't see Raw. I, 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 I was, yeah. Whenever it went down, uh, they did announce her as the Impact Knockout Champion, correct? Yes, so, they did. I mean, I mean, God, when's the last time – you go far enough back, and it's like other companies didn't exist. You remember the days when, like, you know, you'd be watching a WWF program, and it's like – you had no idea in their world that they even understood that the NWA was a thing, that WCW existed, you know, none of it. And and it changed during the Monday Night Wars where they would start to, to reference, you know, obviously sure. the other companies. But it still feels weird for them to promote that 
the current reigning champion of one of our competitors, whether That's it's a big competitor or not. The current reigning champion is going to walk in, and once they acknowledge that, there's no reason not to have her walk in with the belt because what are you hiding at that point? I, I, no, Rick, they can do that would really shock the world is why don't you put one of the Ring of Honor champions on NXT right now? If Ring of Honor right now is just basically yeah. the people who had the titles when the company closed their doors until they come back, and that's how they're staying in the in the zeitgeist, it's like bring, you know, some of their champions on onto television. I mean, you don't have to bury anybody. That's the big problem with WWE is they think that every push has to come with a burial. And nobody needs to bury. There's a way to make both people look strong. I mean, look at the sure. way they uh, started um, Dynamite with that 60-minute match. I mean, that's old school. That's like you go Broadway, you tell the story, everybody comes out looking strong, yeah. champion and challenger. And there's there's ways you can do that. I just hope that, like, this isn't their way of, like, squashing impact. Because it would be really terrible if you brought Mickey in and just kind of ran her off. I mean, she's a legend. She's one of the single most important people in, in women's wrestling. And she uh, deserves respect. Uh, two, two, quick yeah. things. two quick things. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, two quick things. But first of all, 914-338-1885 uh, is the number to call in if you want to join in the discussion tonight. I just wanted to throw that out there. First of all, I wanted to point out, uh, you were talking earlier, Pat, about the big gold belt. You remember that he came yeah. in, the real world's champion. Um, they went out of their way, not to mention WCW when they did that. Really? And and I'm sure because of legal reasons and stuff, they just didn't want to do it anyway. Uh, but that just wasn't their mindset. A couple of years later, well, many years later, also involving Ric Flair, um, I don't know how many of you guys remember this, but they basically stole Flair from TNA at one point. He was under yep. contract for TNA. They wanted to get him in for the Hall of Fame so they could do the Horseman. So they said, oh, we'll give you anybody you want. Uh, I think they requested Christian or something like that. Nothing against Christian, but, you know, you're losing Ric Flair. You're gaining Christian for an appearance on one pay-per-view, and then he's back. Um, but, but that kind of – that signified to me kind of – the beginning of a working relationship there that I think that they were suddenly open to doing because I think they stopped looking at impact as competition. I really do. Um, I wonder if bringing Mickey James in, if that isn't a form of reparation for how they treated her on the way out with the, the trash bag and all that nonsense. And, um, and again, I don't think it was personal. I don't think it was intentional or anything, but it was a little dirty do somebody like that. Well, but that's been that's been Vince's MO since day one. I mean, he's always been a spiteful son of a bitch. He's always tried to bury the competition as much as possible. <clears throat> and you've got to think that in this situation, you know, the people that run Impact know that. Like they know who Vince McMahon is. It's not a surprise. Mm -hmm. So you gotta figure they're not gonna they're not gonna let her walk over and appear on one of the four biggest shows of the year without some assurances that she's not gonna get buried and their product's not going to get buried. There's yeah, got to be some creative control written into that contract. I'm not saying she's going to go over, you know, she's not going to win the Women's Rumble, but she's also not going to go in and, you know, walk in and then be like the Bushwhackers, walk across the ring and get thrown right out the other side. That's, that You're not going to see no, that. Put no. on the show. They're going to respect her because that's going to be in the contract. Because if it's not, then that's um, <clears throat> malpractice. By uh, by the owners of of impact for for allowing that that to even be a possibility. 
And we'll be talking about malpractice in a second. It's an interesting word that you would use. Uh, no, I was implying the other thing. I was implying that Mickey James was going to show up at WWE with the Impact title. They were going to like her, and they were going to find her a way to get her out of that contract so that they can keep her again on the roster. That's the impression that I get. Because why else would you ask? Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're looking to hire anybody full time right now. With all the people they just let go, I mean, even Mickey James, a, you know, a Hall of Famer, you know, does she add enough to your roster that you want to bring? Because she's going to come with some level of a payday. You got to figure they it out. They use her when she was there. Yes, I mean, I, I don't think don't I mean, look you at may it like be that. right. They don't yeah. look you at it may like be that. right, but I just I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, and I'm 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 not saying that that's definitely what's going to happen. It's just um, you are predicting that is going to happen. You're I, on the record, and I'm going to hold you to that in three weeks, baby. Three weeks, we're going to review this tape. Okay, fair enough. I think they're going to re-sign Mickey James. I think they'll get her out of her Impact title, uh, maybe for Spider, maybe for none. Oh, that would be amazing. Oh, that would be so amazing. Good. And that, yeah, he is. He really is. I, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. He really is. Uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times. He's an amazing fellow, for sure. Um, yeah, I just I, I get that feeling. I, I, and it's not like WWE is looking at it like, oh, we didn't really use her right last time, so we probably shouldn't sign her this time. Uh, or, oh, we, uh, you know, we already cut all this talent. How can we sign her? I, I think it's more like, hey, we're really impressed with her. The other one is Lita. They've been trying to get Lita back for 15 years since the live sex thing when she quit when she quit WWE after that. They have wanted her back in the worst way. And, like, what better way to get her to entice her to come back than to end her up with her in a program against Becky Lynch at WrestleMania? Just think about oh, that. Oh, man. Oh. And, you know, heck, it's funny you mentioned that they're – looking for a way to make a splash, right, a way to, to get some eyes on the product. Because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now, and is this – I don't want to say that it's not a dearth of talent. I'm not saying that. But is this the the lowest point for talent recognition in company history since, since the boom? Like, if you start off at, at – if you call Hogan the boom, right, yeah. and Hogan, his place in pop culture – and then, you know, Bret Hart's place in pop culture, Shawn Michaels' place in pop culture, Rocky, um, Rocky, you know, The Rock, Stone Cold, John Cena. You don't have a guy now that everybody knows. Like, you know, I could go ask 100 people on the street who is Seth Rollins, who is uh, Roman Reigns, and if I had said 15 years ago who's – John Cena, or who's Stone Cold Steve Austin, 99 out of 100, if not all 100, would have said, oh, he's that wrestler, I know him. But I bet you I could go out and find 100 random people on the street and say, hey, who's Roman Reigns? And maybe only 70 people can answer that question. They're They're not acknowledging him. They need to acknowledge him. (laughs) Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, whoever. I guess their biggest probably... What about the Bella Twins? What about the Bella Twins? They're coming back. They're pretty mainstream. You know what's really funny is uh, you've heard me reference him several times since I started coming on here. His Freddie Prince and, you know, his two-time tour of duty. He says that the Bella Twins are every bit as responsible for the revolution as all the great workers because 
what what Kevin's saying. They brought mm-hmm. mainstream eyeballs. What you're saying, they brought mainstream yeah. eyeballs. Yeah, the E show. Yeah. I mean, the E show is is really what what helped. And and again, that's where their popularity comes from. The E show. Now, I would counter that that show had been off the air long enough that I wonder if they still have the same level of recognition as they did back then because. They never broke out beyond that. It's not like they were doing mainstream entertainment beyond just the e-show, which is just reality TV at the end of the day. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe fine, 80 people out of 100 know who the you know, Brie Bella is or, or Nikki Bella, but I, just, I don't know if you have that name on your roster except maybe Brock, who for his all intents and purposes yeah. knows your champion, is a, is a part-timer. And a lot of Brock's recognition may come from mainstream sports and people seeing him on ESPN when he was in the UFC. So, the most well, the most sorry, uh, the most well-known person still associated with WWE, and he's not actually associated, is the Undertaker. He's really the last one. Yeah, the last one. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, the, the I most mean, famous I, character in WWE might be Vince McMahon at this point. They want Rollins and Reigns to be those guys. Um, I think mm-hmm. Seth has the ability, but there's only so much room at the top when you have Cena yeah. and you have Rock, and they're out doing this stuff because you even have Batista. Batista doesn't want to work with those guys because he knows he doesn't want to be seen as wrestler or actor. As right. hugely famous and popular as Rocky is, as much as he wants everyone to call him Dwayne and DJ, he's the Rock. John Cena can go on every talk show with his Peacemaker outfit, which, by the way, I finally watched that. He is tremendous in the the yeah, he's very club. good in that movie. Um, but he's John Cena, professional wrestler, and there's no place for Rollins. There's no place for Reigns. I mean, they tried to put Roman in a movie, and he just he didn't shine. Now, he's getting it as – his personality is really coming through in his heel run. But uh, he's just not not – I think it. I think it is. I think what we're missing in terms of mainstream is the greatest professional wrestler of all time, the only living Hall of Famer, the star Alexa of Bliss? Ms. and Mrs. Oh, Ricky Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, no, the I, I was going to mention him. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. Like, I think maybe that's what they need to do with the women. I, I think you were kind of hitting at it. Is bring it back to the beginning of the revolution. I mean, the pop for Beth Phoenix was amazing, and the way her husband looked at her looking like a snack out there um, was was maybe the greatest memeable moment in professional wrestling in, in recent times. But, like, maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to have Beth Phoenix stand toe-to-toe with Becky. Maybe you need to have Lita face-to-face with Charlotte. Maybe they need to, like, come into those who paved the way for them. Much like, you know, we used to talk about it in the old school, like, that passing of the torch, and you had to pride the torch from Hogan's cold, dead hands. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. funny you mentioned that, Hack, because it, it seems like the women of today, the women that were, you know, the ones that really took the quote-unquote women's revolution and ran with it, they didn't have that opportunity because exactly. their, for, their forebearers were basically already gone. It's not like you had Trish Stratus being able to turn over the reins to yep. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte did it on the basis of her name. You know, and, and Becky Lynch, you know, she didn't get to have a great program with Lita. Like, you know, it's, it's not like you had that opportunity. It was, it was almost like there was a down period. And then, well, hey, well, here's this new thing we found with women's wrestling. Look, it's pretty awesome, right? <laughs> it's like, forget about all that other stuff that we stopped doing a couple of years ago. And, and look, let's build these stars from the ground up. But it's so hard to build stars in this business 
and especially if you don't have the ability to build them on the backs of the people that came before them. There is there is absolute value in passing the torch. That's why I've always said the most important title in professional wrestling was always, for me, the WWF Intercontinental Championship. That was who signaled was this was the next guy up, and this was the mm-hmm. guy that you were going to work toward the program to have, you know, the torch passed to him. And, you know, you didn't have that with the, the, the women's revolution because, like I said, the people that came before them were basically already done. Yeah, you could bring in Trish for a WrestleMania appearance to have a match, but it takes more than one match to pass a torch. You have to have a full program, and they never got the opportunity to do that. I think um, part of the issue with WWE, and, and Stro, maybe you can back me up here because you've certainly seen enough kind of names get over, as they say. Um, they've had people that made a genuine connection with the crowd at times, like, for example, Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns. I think even Lashley this year made kind of a connection with the fans a little bit. Um, But there hasn't been that kind of unintentional, we're not going to push this person, and they took off. Just like Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, more recently Daniel Bryan is another one. Like the stuff that he was doing set, what was it, God, seven, eight years ago now? Um, he had that connection through nothing that WWE was doing. And that's what they need. They need people that can kind of crowd excited. Regardless, God, Zack Ryder back in the day. People used to care about Zack Ryder, as silly as that is. And, and nothing against Matt Cardone. And I think he's a fine wrestler, but he had that connection. And they could run with that, that if they wanted to. At, yeah. At the Rumble. I, yeah. I mean, there's there's, there's going to be some good pops. I'm sorry. No, let, let's let's hear from the, the maestro and, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it's a shame because at one time, WWE had the most awesome creative team you can imagine. I remember uh, Ro- Road Dog was telling me one time that uh, when, he, when he got there uh, and started, you know, establishing himself, uh, you know, he. That was a natural connection, by the way. Yeah. Right. And he, he you know, and he told him, look, you know, I haven't really done much. You know, I was in WCW for a bit and the Indies and all that. And they told him, they said, you know what, we, you won't have to worry about that. And within like, I, I don't know what the time span was. They gave him a certain time span, but it's like, you know, within a certain time span, you know, the people are going to forget all that and you, you're going to be a star. Yeah. And that's that, that's that, that, that's a, one of many examples of how powerful that creative team was. And, you know, he had to, of course, you know, he had the ability, the charisma, to really get it over the top. And, and the thing is, you can't train someone in the business to have that. Either you have it or you don't. And it, it's, it's something that very few people have that special gift of gab, that, that got charismatic persona, if you will. And that really comes from within. I mean, it's one thing for a company to give you the push and you know, get, get you establish yourself, get you over. But to, to keep that and to continue to grow with that, you got to have that charisma and personality to make it happen. Does anybody have that that you're observing now on WWE or AEW anywhere else? Do you, do you see the potential there in anybody in particular? Well, on the AEW side. Um, uh, I see Britt Baker. Um, I, yep. I, I see MGF. Uh, I, I see Darby Allen. I'd like to see them do a lot more promos with him. Honestly, I mean, just 
it, they've got so much talent there. It's hard for anybody getting decent promo time in at that. But uh, I, I see those guys in the AWN, you know, just off the top of my head. Um, also, also uh, on the WWE side, uh, of course, you know, Roman, hands down. I mean, he's done an amazing transformation. Um as of late, uh, and look at Brock Lesnar. Look at this great mic skills he's got. Who, I mean, yeah, it's like night and day. It's, it's incredible. I mean, this is the business. This, honestly, to me, I think this is his best run all around. He's given right now. It's a lot and, more personality than he ever showed before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and and the younger talents, um, uh, NXT, for example, uh, that Grayson kid. Got a, yeah, uh, he's, he's got a lot, man. I, I'm. He's one of those guys that, you know, you keep your eye on. Cause, How about Steiner? And, and, oh, yeah, Braun Breaker. Oh, God, absolutely. I, dude. I, I'd like to see him give him a little bit more promo time, too, you know what I mean, to establish yeah. himself. But uh, his, his ability is amazing. Yeah, so to your point, to your point about um, <clears throat> the creatives and their approach to the road dog, for example, let me throw this hypothesis at you guys, and maybe I'm totally off base, but tell me what you think. Um, is this the logical end of the over-corporatization of the industry? Uh, in, as, in as much as you go back to the 80s, and you had multiple viable com- companies throughout the country, right? Even at the end of the territory days, there were still – Lots of companies in this country where you could make a living as a pro wrestler and as a pro wrestler creative, right? And that's where you could really learn the trade. And now we're at a point where because everything has been swallowed up into one massive corporation and then like one or two other little satellite jobbers around, you know, you can't make a living on the indie scene anymore. So it really is hard for creative people to go there and flourish and learn the trade. Yeah. Now you've only got a couple of opportunities to learn the trade. You're either hired on by WWE or you're, you know, maybe working for Impact or, or someone else, and uh, and take that and then on top of that add in what I know I brought up a couple of weeks ago, the whole performance center aspect of it and how you know we're going to build the company around picking people out of the crowd that we think have potential and training them in our way of doing things you know it's it's like you're it's almost like wwe is a dog breeder at this point and they're just breeding puggles and that's all they do everybody's a puggle now and you've taken all of that extra creativity out of the gene pool. So you're not going to have, you know, Rottweilers and Doberman and Puggles. Now everybody's right. a fucking Puggle. No, you're right. You're right. I, that, I, I, everybody why, with you know, flat nose and everything. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when we had the territories years ago, I mean, that's where the people in the business can establish themselves and get that experience. You no, know, because there's no right. substitute there's no for experience, stuff. honestly. Exactly. And you know, and you know a lot, lot, lot of times that I tend a lot of you guys and gals in the business that have really gotten over are the ones that have had prior experience, that have hit the roads, that have traveled the roads and learned from different places. And that's why the indies right now are so imperative, important. I mean, you, you might get rich off the indies, but I mean, you get that viable experience 
Yeah. Okay, when when it's time to go to a bigger company, you'll be ready for whatever you know challenges ahead. And that is still where they pull most of the talent from is the Indies. Um, but again, yeah, there's really not a whole lot of opportunity to uh, to make a lot of money at it, unfortunately. Uh, but it's been a discussion. Well, that and and the Indies, the Indies of today compared to the Indies of back then. You know, when you get right down to it, your Indies back then were AWA. Uh, world class, you know your 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 territories were what are today your indies. Uh, so you had, you know, the quote unquote smaller company might have still been running shows at the Alamo Dome, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and you're getting that invaluable experience of, you know, you know, you say you're part of the Von Erichs, right? Your experience is still being created on the big stage. So when you get to WWF, you're 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 a finished product, right? You're there. It's you've been there. You've done that. Now you're just doing it in front of TV cameras. Because that's um, what you were saying is that like they're dog breeders. Is that's not what they want anymore. That's why they're starting with these new NIL, these name and license deals, and they want people who have never set foot in a ring because they don't want them to be professional wrestlers. They don't even want them to be sports entertainers. They want them to be WWE employees. And they want them to go about the business and doing the business the way they want them to. Because this is, it feels like almost we're going backwards. And I I think a lot of this has to do with Vince McMahon is is out of touch. And I think that's one of the biggest things. I also think that WWE wants to sell. And we've heard that, that they tried to sell it off to Fox when they brought um, SmackDown over there. When they sold the network, the rumor was that they wanted to sell the whole company to Universal and just didn't get it. And I think that they want a self-sustaining system so they can tell people, it's like, here, this is your generic creative pro wrestler. This is how they become WWE superstars. All you need to do is just continue along the path. Um, while when you're looking at AEW, you're looking at Impact, and these are people, like, let's talk about Game Changer Wrestling and how they've just flipped the script and they're bringing anybody in there and just, it's such an interesting place to work and see what things are going on there sure. because it's more organic. And WWE right now is completely inorganic, which is why I think they're going back to people that they can trust. I don't think that they feel like they can trust any of the NXT 1.0 people. I think that's why they're being shown the door. I think that's why that, you know, you're, you're firing everybody who is involved with that is that they don't think that they can trust them. Uh, they want – people who are WWE style because they want to do this big beefy men slapping meat thing and they don't want the athleticism that we saw from Daniel Bryan because he's too small. He's never going to make it. He's so small. Exactly. But but it's just – and then to the other news that we're going to talk about is that they have been the only game in town for a really long time until AEW started to actually make waves and – What's the legality of all of that? <laughs> well, to your point, uh, to your point, that's um, a lot of reasons. I, I believe that they're bringing the, some of the foreign talents in, so these this newer generation they're teaching could learn from them. Because I mean, you really can't you really can't have uh, your younger talent flourish unless they have some guidance for an experienced veteran per se. Sure. And because if, if if your whole company was based on young, new people, I mean, it's like the blind leading the blind. I mean, you're going to have to have some 
somebody with some experience, know-how, to help so they can learn from and to propel them into star status. It's it's always one one generation kind of feeding the next, you know. Uh, right. Before NXT was around, and we've talked about this many times on the show, on this show in the past, show, uh, before NXT kind of came about, the WWE developmental largely consisted of about 20 guys that all looked and acted like Chris Masters. And I can't imagine how exciting that program must have been when that was the, it was awful. The prototype, exactly. It was it was yeah. it was awful. And I think that's another. I I did too. But yeah. I, I I can't imagine. And it seems to be that that's back to where they're headed. You know, are they hoping maybe with one of these athletes they're going to catch the next Kurt Angle or Brock Lesnar? Probably. Are they going to? Realistically, those kind of people don't just come about all the time. So you might have to do this for a couple of years how before long you get Brock one. Brock was in developmental. Like, Brock was in developmental a long Three years? time. Great. Three years? Great. Three years in WWE, yeah. 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 And he still didn't learn that he was a shooting star press when he was in there. That is, that is no yeah. joke, by the way. That is the first sentence I ever spoke to John Cena was Hack uh, and I met him, and I said, loved your work as a prototype. He was so authentically happy. I'm sure. Brady was trying to ruin his day. And John Cena being the wonderful human being, granting a billion wishes a day, just like, man, do you know how much that means to me? Thank you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, bitch, go back to your shitty rapping. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first time I met Shawn Michaels. I, you know what I said to him? I said, I've been following you since Mr. Fuji threw salt in your eyes at WrestleMania. <laughs> I think he was genuinely touched by it. Either that or he thought this kid's an idiot. I don't know. Maybe a little <laughs> bit of both. Colin it can Colin be two things, Brady. It can be yeah. two things. It was genuinely touching. Uh, I Yeah. I, and you mentioned the lawsuit. I, I definitely wanted to get to that before the break. So WWE, uh, we've known for a while that they're a bully. They've been running territories out of business since they were <laughs> territories to run out of business, you know. Um, we've seen them do some pretty cutthroat things over the years. And none of what was mentioned in that lawsuit with MLW surprised me at all. I, I don't know that WWE can't defend it because to me it seemed like a lot of stuff that they're just kind of throwing at the wall to see what will stick, Pat. Just my opinion. Yep. I mean, what I it comes know. down to is if you, if you threaten to sue WWE for whatever infraction they are absolutely guilty of, they're going to it's, – it's going to be like trying to sue Mr. Burns. He's going to like – Vince is going to press a button on his desk and a door is going to the open up. There's going to be the, the – no, the, the, 20, the 20 highest priced lawyers in the country are going yeah. to step out from behind this false wall. Yeah. And they're going to just beat you into submission with litigation, and they're going to drag out anything. The, the, the greatest trick that the rich have ever played on anybody is is the idea that – we're just going to have our lawyers just, fine, you want to sue us? Great. You can sue us over the course of the next 10 years because that's how long we're going to drag it out because we can afford the legal fees and you can't. So this is never going to see the light of day. And, and if it looks like things aren't going our way, we're just going to move the company to somebody else. Here, my wife bought it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I you know. Leave Stanford and go to the Cayman Islands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what's bad when the federal government actually does enough to pursue and, and get the charges and, and goes through all the work only for it to follow. That's the federal government, you know. 
You know, what the, Fed, you, you know what the Fed's record is, honestly? I mean, it's, I remember when um, I remember when the Fed went after Mike Vick for the – Remember IRS's uh, yeah. record? Yeah. I mean <laughs> – Free time I mean, I remember – Just IRS. I remember the, the Fed – I remember the feds building their case against Mike Vick back, you know, whatever that was, 20 years ago. And I remember hearing that, like, their conviction rate is something like 95% because they don't take a case public until they've built an unbeatable case. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, that, frankly, know. they don't take it to that level if, if it's not there. Um, yeah, no, that was crazy. And, and – I can remember a couple of years ago, um, you know, when all the wrestlers were suing because of concussions and WWE not properly taking care of them, you know, as far as like injuries that they received in the ring and stuff. And I thought, you know what, there's probably a lot of this that's very legitimate, you know, that, I mean, certainly they have a great, certainly they have a great, I I think the, the single most underrated moment in the history of professional wrestling is completely backstage. And it is when Hulk Hogan dimed out Jesse Ventura for trying to unionize. I think there is a lot more people alive today if Jesse Ventura did that because WWE has run roughshaw over everybody. And, I mean, up until recently, if you wanted to be a star, you were working 340 days a week. You couldn't have a family. It's insane. And they're independent contractors that can't take work anywhere else. You know, it's, you know, it's funny. We were uh, circle back to Bob Saget. So when, when the news broke the other day that Bob Saget died, Hackett was in this Discord channel with some of our mutual friends. We were talking about it. And, and the one guy said, gee, I hope it wasn't something, um, you know, whatever, uh, off board or whatever that caused this. You know, however he phrased it. And I, what I said to him is stand-up comedians die for the same reason that – and." apologies to the people in this room that know people that have been affected by this, but, you know, comedians die for the same reason wrestlers die. You spend your entire life abusing your body, all right? And, and you're, you know, in the, in the, in the case of stand-up comics, you know, funny people are born out of pain. Every nine out of every ten stand-up comics that take, take the stage have had a horrible life up until the point you bet them, right? You know, I mean, their, their depression is off the board. And and that's harnessing that is how they become funny. That mm-hmm. also leads to a lot of finding alternate therapies to deal with that. So a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol. And you know, like Hackett said, with with wrestlers, you're beating the living shit out of your body 330 days a year, not a week, by the way. 330 yeah. days a year. A lot of days in my I mean, week. The human body cannot take the amount of abuse that it's put through in this industry. And then on top of that, it's like, well, I have to get to the next show, so let's pop some bike in and then take something to get to sleep or whatever. And and that's why, you know, bodies give out at young ages is because of the torture they're put through. And, and yeah, heck, if, if there was a union saying, hey, hang on, maybe we're working everyone a little too fucking hard, uh, you would have a lot more people that would still be alive today. It's tragic. Then my, my other one-time conspiracy theory, since we, we mentioned it briefly, is that if Christian didn't go back to WWE, he would have helped TNA overtake WWE. Because he, he was part of the hottest angle at that point in time, and he went back to WWE and just got buried again. 
And that's why, like, when we're talking to bringing it, you know, full circle, when we're talking about Mickey James and how they don't learn their lesson, and I'm just like, yeah, Christian keeps coming back. The Hardys keep coming back. And it's like, they do the same things to you guys over and over. But my guess is the pay is worth it. And, yeah. Well, the, you know, not only is the pay worth it, but let's be honest, why do you get into this business? Because you want to be an entertainer at the top of your industry. Yeah, and I there is no arguing the fact. There's no arguing the fact that WWE is still the top of the industry, and it's like it's like becoming a baseball player and deciding, well, I really love baseball, but I hate the Yankees, so maybe I'll stay in AAA because the Yankees want to call me. <laughs> yeah, I just my, don't want to play for nobody, them. Nobody ever said they wanted to uh, main event bound for glory when they're coming up, you know? Right. Listen, like, I, I hate the Dallas Cowboys with all my heart and all my soul, but if they came calling tomorrow with a huge contract, I'd be a cowboy. How about them cowboys? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Who who wouldn't be? Yeah, I mean. I, the Eagles have a tight end who was literally named after the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Dallas Goddard's father named him Dallas because he's such a huge fucking cowboy. Fan. Yeah. And then the guy got drafted by the Eagles. And you know what? I bet he's probably an Eagles fan now. Fun story, Mike Trout, I remember hearing him give an interview one time where uh, he said to his, after the Phillies signed Roy Halladay, Mike Trout called his father. Mike Trout is from Millville, New Jersey. He grew up a Phillies fan. He's still, he's still a big Phillies sports fan. He's seen him at every Eagles game. Um, Mike Trout called his dad and said, Dad, guess what? We signed Roy Halladay. And his dad said, the, the, the Angels signed Roy Halladay? He just called him the Phillies. The Phillies signed Roy Halladay. Yeah. And, and Mike Trout's father had to remind him, you're not a Phillies fan anymore. You play for the Angels. Right. No, it, listen, and popular popular misperception by a lot of fans. Uh, many conversations I've had with wrestlers over the years on the independent level. You know, fans assume that a wrestler would rather toil on the indies to the end of time rather than, oh, yeah. for example, Santino Morello was the example that we used. Anybody yeah. would rather get paid next to nothing and wrestle at a high level on the independence rather and this wrestler was like, That's bunk. Stro, you would back me up there, right? Would not every single wrestler on the Indies rather be in Santino Morello's position than be toiling on the Indies if they had the choice? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my god. What what a spot he Bring on the too. Cobra. Bring on the Cobra. Right? Out, sign me up. Sign me up. Do, I mean, do you I, wanna be do you want to have artistic integrity and then get cold at the end of the night? Sorry, house was light. Here's, here's hundred of the five hundred dollars we promised you. Yeah. Or would you rather be the goon or Isaac Yankum? Exactly. Exactly. God awful gimmick that they yeah. want Listen. to pay you to put on a monkey suit and parade around the ring. You, you really yeah, think? Go ahead. I was just going to rallied against radio, you know, corporate radio for the longest time. Three months out of college, Clear Channel came calling, and I was like, it is time to sell out, baby. Exactly. For example, I mean, yeah. people you know, think he should you know, deserve better and yada, yada. But, man, and he's had a job how many years now? And, and, and he's still on the show Yeah. this thing. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm, here, him. I'm here on a podcast with you four jamokes, and... If, you sold uh, out. If, if it would get me, if it would get me a job with Sirius XM, I suck uh, Howard Stern's cock tomorrow. Tyson fights actually, uh, you know, Tyson fights has been calling me. I should return their call. I do want to be part of the Max Fun Network. 
Uh, it's been a dream of mine for a long time to main event Max Fun Con. Yes. 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 Yeah. Well, you know, we're gonna open up. We're gonna open up that forbidden door, and I'm going to be appearing on Talking Wrestling with Vince Averill next week. That's that's the big announcement that we. I'm have. going with Conrad. <laughs> just me and Conrad, just God. fat nobodies. By the way, uh, you don't know how close we came to actually getting bought out by Conrad. Probably about a year and a half ago. Uh, and I, to God, I wish it would have happened because it would have just made my life so much easier. Uh, I know you guys got to get going. It's after 10 o'clock. Yeah. Is there anything you want to pause on the way out? Uh, I, I got a couple things real quick. Um, yeah. Jeopardy on Thursday the 13th, a fellow LaSalle alumni will be on Jeopardy. Is it you? So, uh, two, no, it is not me. I okay. I know you like the game show. I've given up my hopes of Jeopardy after watching it crush two of my friends, uh, like, just really? destroy them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, one of the people who helped break me into the business, somebody that I am uh, eternally grateful for, uh, the one and only Ron Starr is uh, getting inducted into, I do believe he said it was the American uh, Pro Championship. Social Service? No, Ron he's Star? Still, he is. Yeah, Ron I didn't Star know you knew him. Break me in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Ron Star is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, and uh, he looks amazing. Uh, this is a guy who has to be at least mid fifties, who was a bigger dude for a long time, and now he's he looks younger. Yeah, he I, looks younger than anything, and and you know they're acknowledging his. He lost like what, hundred uh, pounds or something, right? I mean, easy, had to be. Yeah, and they're acknowledging his contributions to the business. I mean, he's well, done a lot. Him. He's broken a lot of people. He's such a good guy. A, too. Oh, he's such a good guy. You know, he's, he's a, a great guy. dude, and he he can deliver an elbow with just as much class and ability as he can deliver a package, whether rain or sleet or dark of night. <laughs> you know, I I was actually I was it was something I said when I was younger, and I felt terrible at. at you know how sometimes when you're on commentary, you say something, and as soon as it leaves oh, yeah. your lips, you wish yep. you had not. Uh-huh. I, he was a surprise entrant in a battle royal, and I called him. I said, let's not forget about the elephant in the room. And uh, I felt so bad about that. I did. I apologized to him uh, for probably a year. Big big Jim Sullivan, uh, somebody I've, I've had the, the pleasantry of spending a lot, a lot of time with. I, I consider him family. And did uh, an avalanche in the corner. And I called it a buffet buster, and he stopped the match dead. Oh, no. I was like, uh, I don't need a payday today. I am literally yeah. leaving. I'm, I'm exiting oh, through the crowd the second right. it's over. Because he loves me, and he's going to kill me. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of proud of the most horrible thing I ever said in commentary. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of who you are. <laughs> And I said the only bad was in, in in October of 2001. Hack it was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brady Brady has uh, uh, advertisers. Let's let him keep those. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. It was. It might have been the healest thing ever said anywhere. It's, what? Uh, remember when? Uh, remember when they tried to execute the Undertaker in a terrorist attack on SmackDown? Mm-hmm. It was that level of oh, low God, I forgot about that. Yep. Oh, I read the London uh, bombing. It was. 
You know what, man? Sean Devari is a hell of a worker, and yeah. he was tremendous in that role uh, in both TNA and WWE. He's just, oh, he was amazing. He's a great. He was worker. amazing. Yeah. He was amazing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a future topic. You know, I think we've all been behind the commentary booth. Uh, I know Kathy has Stroh. I'm pretty. Maybe that. You know, funny. You know, I, I had a great interaction with MLJ. I'll save that for a future show because I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, but thank you for the time again, guys. Tonight. Ask me about the Homedale Boys Club sometimes. Uh, that's that's all. I will try and remember that for sure. It's, it's, the air. it's been a it's been a lot of fun, man. Uh, you know, I can't wait to see what the rest of the show does, and uh, we'll we'll see. You. I won't be here next week, but I know Kev will be. Oh, you got the Disney thing. I got the Disney thing next week. Okay. You know, I'm gonna keep right. once, once a month with them in three weeks with you guys, and hopefully no more COVID. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we're your Magic Kingdom. Probably not. Nice. I love it. Probably not. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for the time, guys. And uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a commercial break. Tour, I see you on the line and anybody else as well. 914-338-1885. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, and we will be right, we'll be right back. Hey, this is the Total Package. Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the amazing Velvet as well as Dr. John as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday... 9 p.m. Eastern. Just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it'll take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. That's Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, ProWrestlingInterviews.com. Since 2018, there's only been one program that brings you artists from around the world, both big and small, brings you the best in local talent, and hosts live events. Rock and Roll Union is all of that and more. With C.T. McManus, the lovely D, and new co-host Psycho Steve Preston, you're sure to get everything you need. So tune in Mondays at 6 p.m. for your one-stop shop for all things rock and roll. Rock and Roll Union, music worth fighting for. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kazzy Fist, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off the uh, building. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews 
with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Yeah. Here are exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Please go after, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pen or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to In the Room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. We're here live for a little bit still. 914-338-1885 is the number to call in. Uh, Tora, we got you, then, then Justin, and then anybody else that wants to call in. Like I said, the phone lines are wide open right now, and uh, so we'll have a good time with it until we're about ready to peter out, and then it'll all be good. Before we jump back in, though, uh, Stro, what do you got going on this week, man? Well, this Thursday night, WCW Retro, 
returns on VSNation.com at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Thursday night, we'll, we're gonna, uh, we start our What If series and scenarios. So if you have a favorite What If story in pro wrestling you'd like to share with us, please call in. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, Friday night, midnight Eastern Standard Time, the Throw Zone, my horror sci-fi show, at my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Maestro. Uh, Friday night's feature will be Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. I actually knew a body snatcher back in college. Totally different thing. Uh, awesome. That's a bad joke. I shouldn't even make that joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't think that through when I started to say it. So we got the Royal Rumble coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, we're excited about that. I wanted to mention, too, Stro, I was at Raw uh, last night. I, I, I had the pleasure. Awesome. That WWE always comes through whenever they come to the area. Uh, they, they gave me a great seed. I, I actually took my mom's friend from work who's a huge wrestling fan, and he loved it, man. He had, like, that. Oh, that's cool. He had, the, he had the eyes, you know? Like, he was, like, all, like, ah, uh, he, oh, yeah. he, he was, he was an <laughs> all. They put us right by the, um, right by the entrance, like, where, because, where like, when the wrestlers come through the crowd to interfere, they actually come uh-huh. from, like, a side locker room entrance. And I, when we took the, yeah. when, you know, when they put us in our seats, I was, like, Holy crap, like that's like the locker room like is about fifteen feet from here. See like right over there where the door is and you could see the people walking through the curtain kinda like walking by. And I was like, you know, oh, if there's wow. a run in tonight, you know, we're gonna be like right there. And of course, as soon as we're all started, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander come running out through the entrance to, to attack Lashley. Yeah. It was cool. It it was a cool experience oh, that's awesome. for sure. Um, very good show. I, I highly recommend uh, checking out WWE if you have the opportunity, if they're in your area. Um, but they've been so good to me, to the magazine, as well as to the podcast as well over the years. So thank you to WWE for that once again. Um, and Royal Rumble coming up. I was saying, before we get to tour, I was saying, like, I think I'm more excited about Lashley – and Brock, then I am like anything else at this point. Just because it's, gonna, it's different. Like, it's just going to be, you know, like, this, I think, this is going to be what I think that they were hoping Goldberg and Brock was going to be a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I I think it's going to be anyway. And now that Lashley is somewhat over, like, it's like, they're not that far off from each other at this point. Oh, I think that's cool. I, I, I'm sorry. The one I've been waiting for for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the big boys. Yes. Gonna get to watch the big boys play. You know. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Been a while since we saw the big boys play. And then Seth and um Seth and Roman is the other one that that that'll be really cool. Oh, that'll be solid. Um, yeah. Because every time they get in the ring together, it's magic. It, and it, and it's so weird too because like obviously both being bad guys, it really doesn't even matter nowadays. You know, just because of the story that they can tell. Right. So much history of those two. Oh, for sure. Did you catch it when he knocked on the door on SmackDown when he was like... Yeah, that was the the shield thing. The shield. Yep, yep, yep. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Let's bring on Tora, who's up first. What's going on, Tora? 
right. No tour. Let's go to Justin. What what's going on, Justin? How you doing, what's brother? Up, buddy? Um, all right, how are you? I'm good. You, you always sound like I woke you up, like I called you and you were asleep. Nah. But, nah, but, but nah, you called good. me. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm I didn't wake good. you up when you called? Nah. Nah, I'm just, okay, I'm good. just, a, I'm just a mellow person, actually. Yeah, you are. Mellow. It always sounds like you're uh, It always sounds like you're on the big D. You know what I mean? The drugs? <laughs> nah, I don't do that shit. Nah. I know you don't. I'm just, I know you don't. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on? How's the uh, how's the physical therapy going? Oh, it's going well. Finally, finally the doctor took the guy. I was, I'm able to take the brace off. Yay, finally. Oh, okay. Uh, six, See, what you should have said was start. brace yourself. You should have said brace yourself. Yeah. I can take off my brace. Yeah, I got right, it. Got a paraton in this, uh, no, on, on the 20. Paraton? Paraton, paraton. Like a, like a, like a bird? Uh, no. Paraton. Oh, no, that's a parakeet, I'm sorry. A uh, paraton, it's where they're having investigators come, come to it. It's a big oh, meeting at it. Oh, yeah. I got you. You going to meet up with, uh, Dr. Spooky there and, and the other crew from Carolinas? Oh. Yeah, you gonna meet up with Doctor Spooky? Yeah, I was talking to my buddy. I was talking to my buddy Steve. I was like, I was like, hey, I was like, hey. Even though I, even though I does got Malcolm, does Malcolm off. go to those things? Uh, last time I saw him was wasn't when Vegas. we were in Vegas. Yep. Yeah, but do you talk to him? Oh yeah, I talk to him. I talk to him. Okay. Yeah. Is he okay? I think he's all right. I think so. I talked to his brother okay. here and there. And, uh, yeah. Okay, I got you. I mentioned, I mentioned my buddy Steve yesterday. I was like, hey, hey, what we should do is hey, we should have a, uh, hey, we should play soccer at the Paracon. He's like, oh, yeah? I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I'll be the goalie. I'll be the goalie so, like, so I don't have to kick the ball because my knees, like, can't bend it. And he's like, he's like, he's like, I'll, he's like yeah, I'll make sure when we do that. Oh. Uh, when when you yeah. go to this Paracon, like how much do they charge you to get in? I think this one's like eighty five. Eighty five dollars. Now what do you do for that? Do you get to meet a real ghost or something? Like what? It's like a Bigfoot there signing? Like what do you get out of this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bigfoot signing. Der- Derek's joining us by the way. Hello. Derek. I'm sorry for button. Yeah, Bigfoot's usually okay. hiding behind. Yeah, usually Bigfoot's hiding behind a tree, drinking some beer, yep. and he just jumps up and scares the shit out of people. Well, for 85 bucks, I would hope so. Oh, yeah. Take a picture of them, whatever you want. <laughs> now, do they have yeah, Ro- do they have um do they have Miss Robin McRae or whatever? Is she there to like interpret or? I mean, I mean, I think they. I mean, I, I mean, hey, they might even have Seth Rollins there. I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe. Hey, maybe. Stuff I like the bus. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> That's not really paranormal, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Hey, I hey, guess. Hey, 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 you know where I was getting to on that one. I have no idea what you're talking about. I just was playing along. <laughs> <laughs> you're a Lando guy. <laughs> you, uh, 
You excited for the Royal Rumble, Justin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see. You sound it. Yeah. I we were um <laughs> we were saying earlier, Derek, like I think I'm more excited for Lashley and Brock than I am for anything else on the show. I mean I think that's gonna be a good match. I haven't been this excited for a match for a very long time. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. And I read a report. It's going to be everything that Brock and, and Goldberg should have been a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah it is. I, I read a report somewhere that said, um, first of all, I, I just want to say, I hate the term forbidden door. I hate that. I, if I never hear it again, it'll be too damn soon. But um, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> what, what WWE term? What work, term? forbidden door. I hate it. Oh, oh, yeah, I hate that. Justin, I'm going to mute you. It's just hard to hear. <laughs> but Sorry, buddy. apparently w- they're saying WWE is working on bringing somebody in from another company to work the men's battle Royal Rumble. So okay. um, I don't know who, but regardless, I'm still excited for uh, for Brock and, and, and Lashley. My my brother thinks it's funny if, if Chris Jericho or Cody Rhodes is the guy who comes in <laughs> in the Royal Rumble. But yeah, Patrick thought Patrick thought of Jericho. He was saying earlier. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. I I think it'll be really telling if um if they if they brought Jericho back, would he? Would they do the countdown like they always did? Would they do his old yeah, music? He, would they do the Judas in my mind? Would they do that? I don't think they would. Guy, right? Yeah, he has to be has to be Y2J. I would think. I would think, but but then like, you know, and, and I know this sounds like you know the the goofball fan in me, but like maybe that would kind of really force them to change how they approach things if they play Judas in my mind and everybody in the arena is singing along with it. Yeah. Maybe that would like I, kind of signify something. Yeah, that there's a world outside. Yeah, that kind of opened Vince's eyes that there's a world outside yeah. of WWE. Right. Which, I, I, which I don't think he's realized that since AJ Styles came in. Yeah, and I was listening to uh, Booker T's radio show, and they brought mm-hmm. up that it could be Jericho and Booker T goes. Man, I'll tell you what, if Chris Jericho comes out that curtain, they might boo him out the building. <laughs> and I laughed to myself, but I don't think he would, uh, I don't think they would boo Jericho. I think they would love to see Jericho. Cause no. There's probably a good chunk of that audience who doesn't even know he's wrestling somewhere else. Now, do you think, um, along those lines, do you think Mickey James is going to come out with the title? Because that seems to be the rumor. She, she kind of has to be, right? You mentioned it on TV. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, you think if you're TNA, obviously you're looking at it as a good thing right now. But do you think it's a good thing? Because I kind of feel like once she gets there, you're probably never getting her back. And and Mark Henry said, Henry was like, oh, she's going in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so Mark Henry, oh, yeah. she's she's ending her run this year. Um, yeah, if you're if you're Impact, you got to be a little worried, but I'll say this. Um, her being in the Rumble and having a good showing will probably be 
almost as much, if not more, than Kenny Omega's whole world title run. If she goes out there yeah. and just don't have her go over the top rope, you know, she's calling out Charlotte online. So maybe if you have her have some interaction interaction with Charlotte, I think that'd be good for Impact. If you know, amazing. have her come it'd out, be amazing. Yeah, yeah. So. No, no. People, I probably have got about five or six messages now from people asking me who I think is going to win the Royal Rumble and is it going to be Mickey? Uh, they're hearing rumors. Is it going to be Lita? Uh, I think it'd be really cool to have Lita and Becky. Uh, and I think it would create a lot of intrigue and everything. Uh, but to me, the most logical winner would have to be Bianca Belair because yeah. that allows you to kind of bring it full circle where Bianca's going in, challenging for the title, and avenging what happened at SummerSlam. And that yeah, is ultimately what you want to do is put the belt back on her, I would think. And despite that horrible booking at SummerSlam. She still gets good reactions from the crowd, which shows you yeah. how they they look at her. But yeah, I think Bianca has to be the, the obvious choice. The question is, what do you do with with Charlotte? Now, in a perfect world, if you're Impact, you, you hope they do Mickey Charlotte at WrestleMania with Mickey holding the Impact title. In a perfect world, you would want that. In a perfect but, world. Um, I yeah. can't see Vince doing that. I can't see Vince doing that much. No, no. No, I yeah. I, I I got a real distinct feeling that what they're gonna do is just offer Mickey a huge deal if she gets out of her impact contract. And it'll be like it'll be I'm sure part of it is a whole like kinda like like, hey pal, like, you know, we really owe you for last time because like <laughs> with the whole trash bag and all that stuff when she got let go and um, yeah. somebody earlier, I forget who, but somebody brought up, like, you know, they couldn't handle her right the first time. And it's mm -hmm. like, that's true, they couldn't. But that's never been a reason for them not to sign somebody because they feel bad about having not treated them right the first time. If anything, it's going to make yeah. them keep trying. And right. I heard, you know, I heard uh, an interview with her. Tell me full circle. Mm -hmm. you, you guys talking about full circle. I, mm. I'm it could be a good possibility that it could be uh, Alexa and Charlotte at Mania. Oh, God. I'm glad you brought yeah. Oh, yeah. God, no. That, oh, no. Yeah, yeah stemming, stemming from, you know, when it had, you know, there, you know, even with, like, this past Monday with the, uh, the, the session. Yeah. She had with the doctor, and if she had flashbacks to Charlotte tearing up her doll and all that. So you never know. That could be I, 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 I'm not saying she's going to win the Rumble. I'd be fine with it, but I'm not saying that. But I get the real distinct feeling from that vignette and the way that's going. Um, they're not going to be able to fix that in time for the Rumble. Like, because they're talking about, like, you know, their, whatever, what did they say, getting her back to Raw or whatever. Um, yeah. Because I, I feel like what they're trying to do is present a series of vignettes that are going to get Alexa Bliss back to what she used to be before she was possessed. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the exorcism of Emily Rose or something, you know? Like some kind of oh, crazy... what a movie. I, 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 what a and movie. you're not doing that in three weeks. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. You're not doing that another in three weeks. Yeah, yeah, another possibility is uh, Naomi. I mean, the, the match she had with Charlotte on SmackDown yeah. was yeah. amazing. And, like, yeah. if she can get out of that... That deal with the Sonya, you know what I mean? That could be another possibility. It's it's I think it's funny because 
it's funny because they don't yeah. they've never really explained why Sonya doesn't like Naomi. And I was no. watching it with my niece <laughs> and my niece goes my niece goes, They never explain why she doesn't like her, right, Uncle Dirt? I was like, No, and she gets quiet for a minute and she goes, You know, <laughs> if I know any better one couldn't believe Sonya is just racist. She's just picking on Naomi for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> she has a and thing I'm for like, little white yeah. blondes, you know. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, they they need to they need to have because uh, this has been going on since what before Survivor Series, right? It's been going on a while, so <laughs> that's really funny. That's really funny. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I I, I can't remember a year where, like, so much was in the air heading into Royal Rumble. I feel like usually there's, like, one or two possible winners, and then everybody – and and it's pretty obvious, like, the direction they're going to go. Even if you don't know, like, the road that they're going to take – I hate that term, road to WrestleMania, but you know what I mean. Like, you don't know what (laughs) path they're going to take, but you kind of know how it's going to end up. And, like, this year – I don't even see a path. I, I just see, like, just we're going to throw everybody out there and see what happens almost. Which, that might be, even though the, some of the best WrestleManias were the ones where Vince knew what he was doing, a, you know, a year in advance. But, you know, Roman Roman gets, you know, failing, you know, testing positive for COVID. Uh, Drew McIntyre probably missing time with his neck. Jeff Hardy leaving the company. It seems like there was a lot of things that threw stuff into disarray, and that might be for the better, because Lord knows their plans sure. would have been worse. So it's probably yeah. forcing Vince to work on the move. But um, yeah, it's 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 good that what are we two weeks out from Royal Rumble and there's no clear winner. That's that's good. It, it makes for a better Rumble when you get it, 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 it makes it entertaining. Clear cut choice. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 on and then you throw in the fact that like all of a sudden they don't seem concerned about using talent from other companies. Again, I mean I'm sure there's ulterior motives behind it, but they they just they just mm-hmm. don't seem to have that kind of hostility that they used to have. And uh, maybe it's because they looked and realized they had two battle royals coming up where they need 60 people, and they realized they've got about <laughs> 23 under contract right now. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. the new match. Can you imagine Big Swole being the prize interest to the world? Oh. I can. Oh. I, I can. In fact, ah, ah. in fact, I think it'll happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it'll happen. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. Let's um. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the phones again. We're gonna go to uh, Rat Boy in Trenton. What, what's going on, Rat Boy? How you doing, homie? Acknowledge me. You acknowledge me. I got something. He wants to say, me to okay? acknowledge him. I wish I could give you a knowledge. That's right. Acknowledge me because I am a Hall of Famer right here on the VOC Nation in 2022. Why not? Mm-hmm. Still. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why? Why so? Okay. Okay. So there's a couple yeah. things. I, I've been hearing it. Okay, you, you guys. Okay. The rat rumors. What are you guys talking about? Rat rumors. I want to tell you one thing, okay? Chris mm-hmm. Jericho's not going nowhere. That's all he's doing, taking off time, and he's going to join mm-hmm. his van. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Ozzy, right. Okay. That's my question. Yeah, you know, Jared Cap Jared Cap Okay. And you guys, I don't know where you, you guys got to think out of the box. Come on. You got to think out of the box now. You mean a guy okay. from another company isn't out of the box? You know what? Is that uh, what you do? You, you think out of the box? There's one person <laughs> might be in the Royal Rumble. She didn't show her face yet. She's going to go after Charlotte Flair. Dear old Lacey Evans. Oh, yay. Oh, thank you. Yeah. God. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yay. Think about it. Think they'll bring Rick out with her again? They'll have Rick <laughs> carrying the baby behind her while she goes to wrestle? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, I'm pretty sure they won't. <laughs> Uh, baby you never know. <laughs> so you guys are thinking inside the box. You guys think out outside the box. What people yeah. wanted Charlotte Flair didn't have the opportunity to fight Charlotte Flair. It's going to be Lacey Evans. Mm. What if Alexa Bliss uses a Ouija board to bring back Luna Vachon and Luna challenges for the title? <laughs> Is that outside the box enough? Yeah, but, but, but I'm no, hearing rumors about... No, shut up, Alexa. Now you got to let... Shut up, I'm hearing Sorry. I've been hearing rumors that... <laughs> I can't say Alexa anymore. That Ronda Rousey's coming back. Okay. All right. I heard that she's coming, she's coming back because, um... Because they're going to do that, um... The all-female uh, pay-per-view event... Number two, coming up this this uh, summer, I think. I heard about that. <laughs> How great would that be if that was the name of the show, the all-female event number two? The all-female <laughs> <laughs> event number two. I like it, Red Bull. That's got money. Yeah. yeah. You, and, could, you could get Britt Baker to defend her title on it. Yeah. There we go. Take outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got side of the box now, you know. But yeah, yeah. But one thing but you've been inside a box for a long time now. I, I've been I've been inside since uh, Sunday because uh, Friday I took a ride to Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Not been down there for a while. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, cold, snowy. You know, it was good. Okay. You came home with just a cold and dirty. No, I came home with a thousand dollars. It's okay. okay. Yeah, but what, right. you what know, you with? and that was Saturday. No way you want a thousand dollars. Yep. What do you play, Rapper? All right, you play yeah. the slot. All right, Dustin. What's your game of choice? Yeah. How'd you win a thousand dollars? Because I can break even. Uh, That's the best I, I ever did. They have my um, my you favorite do. game there, my favorite shot machine, I, and I played it. Is it Keno? Getting a thousand dollars. Hold on. Wait a minute. Rapo, <laughs> you're one of those people who play like five at one time. You don't want anybody sitting next to you, and you're pressing all the buttons at once. Is that what you do? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. No, you got to around um, we got there on Saturday. No, we got Friday. We got to around about five thirty, six o'clock Friday night. We didn't make it home until Saturday. 
mm. about about two o'clock in the afternoon. You know what's awesome about I just, kept, I just kept on playing and playing and playing and forget the time, <laughs> you know. And every time, every time I look at my uh, my money roll, it was going up, up, up. You know, they were keeping me place. You know what's awesome about Atlantic City? Like, if you stay Friday and Saturday, like most people do, when you're leaving Sunday morning, as you're walking out, all the old people are coming in. It's like it's, it's like yep. it never fails. This is the old Sunday morning. Yeah. I remember that. I went to a bachelor party. And we, like, we were out all night, and I'm just walking back to the car on Sunday morning, like, real early. I want to say, like, mm-hmm. maybe, like, 6 a.m., Derek, and they're all lined up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's like clockwork. Hey, can I say one thing about one person, though? Mm-hmm. Oh, when, when, uh, last night. When, That's it. When Becky one thing Lynch about came one person. Out. When, There's your person. When Becky Lynch came out. You, you know uh-huh. who she looked like, Becky Lynch? Well, you can't answer Becky that because you're only like, talking about one like person. <laughs> Just one person. I am talking about one person, Becky Lynch. You know you who she looked like? Well, she, it has to be an object that she looks like because you can't bring up a second person. Yes, I can. <laughs> She looked like uh, the achy, breaky, hot uh, <laughs> daughter, Molly Cyrus, when she was younger. Did you just, ah, oh, ah, did you just ah, call ah, Billy Ray Cyrus achy, breaky, heart? Did you forget his name? Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. When she came out, she looked like Miley Cyrus. No, no doubt about it. In younger days. Uh, I got achy, breaky heart stuck in my damn head. Thanks, Rob. Oh, you like it? Achy, breaky heart. <laughs> you got to get that song. song when I, was a kid. I used to love that song when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, okay. Achy, breaky? Yeah. Huge Achy, breaky heart. Uh, yeah. Achy, breaky, sweet potato pie. All right, all right, Rob. Yeah. All right, brother. Yeah, you can't say it's broke, man. Oh, man. Rap boy. I got to fix it. Rap boy, have, yes. have you had the COVID yet? I'm not sure if I have it or not right now because I'm staying indoors to make sure I don't have it. That's dangerous. Uh, yes. Did you get tested? You're not sure if you have it because you're staying indoors in case you have it. <laughs> but you just said right. you went to Atlantic City. I know. <laughs> that was a super spreader. I'll be, getting, I'll be getting tested tomorrow. I'll be getting tested tomorrow. Oh, okay. All right. Now, are you right. doing the nose swab? Because they have, they have the, the butt swab. I'm not now. sure. What, I don't know what sure my doctor is going to give me yet. Well, ask for the butt one. I'm not I hear sure. It's more, um, it's more efficient. <laughs> they they, they can swab my little easier. butthole out, too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my <laughs> Yeah. yeah. That's the next step. Throw it away when they're done. All right. That's that's the next step. (laughs) Yeah. You're so weird. Why are you so weird? I'm not weird. Doctor and the doctor been all right. You watch trial and turns around (laughs) and doesn't say anything to the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) He's jiggling it. (laughs) He's just sitting there. 
dinner? What do you have for dinner? What do you have for dinner? Royal Rumble news, who's going to be in it and who's not, you know, but there's one person that I'm going to say might be in it. I'm going to say Finn Balor, the Demon King. He he works for them. Yeah, he's been gone. He's been gone since that fan attacked Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. My guess is he's going to go to another brand. Again, right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he likes to switch brands every two months. Well, we find out he's going to be in a Royal Rumble next week, you know? Yeah, but that wouldn't really be a surprise, you know, either way. What about Bray Wyatt? Would that That's outside the box. What about Bray Wyatt? Yeah, I wonder, yeah, I wonder if he's coming back. Bray Wyatt would be a choice, but, but I'm thinking the way the in a, in a, outside of a bigger box, strong. Okay. Stroman. That is a bigger box. Did you say it's a bread box? <laughs> bigger than the bread box. Bigger, bigger than, than, than the garbage truck box. Hmm. All right, brother. Yeah. Love you, Rat Boy. All right, I love you, too, and I got to get out of here, and I talk to you all next week for the Royal Rumble update. What's going on? Who's going to be in and who's not? All right. See you then. And then... Sorry. Can somebody explain to me why they had Cody Rose beat Sammy Guevara for the belt only to have an interim belt and put it on Sammy Guevara? Is Cody going to beat him again? Oh, I don't know. I just assumed Cody was legit hurt. He's in, uh, him and Brandy have COVID. So, oh, is that really what it is? Yeah, that's what They're probably said. not vaccinated. Hope he's not, he's not working anybody by saying he has it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he might be. He's <laughs> trying to get some more heat, but um, he can't yeah. beat Sammy again, right? That's crazy. But then again, yeah, he can. Who am, who am, who am I kidding? Yeah, he probably will. Oh. What's the next um, major holiday episode? You know, they'll <laughs> save it. Pick one, right? I know they're doing yeah. a, a bash at the beach like show in, in Cleveland because when I think of Cleveland, the first thing I think of is their great beaches. So. Yeah. Hey, the way things are going, maybe MJF will be in the Royal Rumble and the Miz will be front row in Cleveland. Oh. Uh, oh, oh, I think that. Wouldn't up. that be amazing? That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's not going to happen. That'd be fun. Ah. Yeah. Did you hear anything about the uh, the lawsuit that that was filed kind of just before we went on the air tonight? Uh, MLW. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I mean, it's not crazy because like everything that they said is kind of like I think most people who follow wrestling even remotely kind of knew about most of it probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize that WWE had the kind of influence that could get like them to lose a Vice TV contract, considering they want nothing to do with Dark Side of the Ring. I, I found that interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and it's weird because it's like somebody needs to tell Vince, well, obviously it works, so who am I? But somebody needs to tell him, like, it's not the 80s anymore, Vince. Like, you can't get away with doing this nowadays. Like, it's no, no. 
<laughs> one of these times, their lawyers aren't going to be able to answer it right. And, uh, yeah. But with that said, I, I don't know the validity of any of it. I, I It seems almost more like a petty thing than anything at this point. I, I, I didn't read anything that I thought, like, oh, man, like, they're really going to get them with this. It just, the whole thing just yeah. seemed kind of weird. Because all the TV station had to go was, well, we're not doing business with you anyway, Vince, and mm-hmm. <laughs> signed them to a deal, realistically. And it's yeah. crazy because I, I remember Court Bauer, who did an interview about a year ago, yeah, around this time last year, where he said they they were going to do, they were talking about doing a working deal with WWE, right. and it fell through. So I went to Vince and said, oh, you don't want to work with me? I'll show you them sons of bitches. <laughs> they won't get on yeah. TV. Yeah, or... So. Or is it spiteful on their part? Like, oh, well, you don't want to work with us, so, like, now we're going to sue you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a weird know. business wrestling is, boy. What a weird business. It is. Uh-huh. I was, like, I was struggling. Like, they, I think one of the things they accused them of was, like, poaching talent. And, like, what? at this point, AEW has way more stars from MLW than WWE does, All right? I, I was trying to think, like, yeah. Timothy Thatcher is the only one that comes to mind, like, right away, that he was an MLW guy. Yeah, because if you think about it, um, MJF. And he's gone now, too. Yeah. yeah MJF was, was their guy. Um, uh, what's his name? Brian Cage did some work for him. Um, I mean, WWE took Shane Strickland, swear, but he's gone now. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you would think could uh, Brian Pullman Jr. He was the MLW guy. <laughs> right. um, it was to the point where I think they said Court Bauer had to restructure the contracts because when MJF signed with AEW, there was nothing in the language in his MLW contract that said he couldn't work for AEW. <laughs> so right. you'd be more upset at Tony Khan than Vince McMahon, but yeah. Uh, and upset at yourself. Why would you have contracts structured if you worried about people leaving you for like one of the televised companies? Why wouldn't you just have them insist on signing a deal that says they can't just leave like that? Yeah, it or doesn't make any you sense. You can work, or you can tell them, "Hey, look, like like Tony Khan does, you can work anywhere you want to as long as they don't have television in America." Yeah, I I think yeah. WWE did the same thing to Brock. They tried to enforce it. You know, when Brock left and, like, he wanted to go to New Japan, they fought that. And it was like, well, you know, you can only really limit them to the U.S. I I don't know. In terms of the lawsuits that I heard, it didn't set... What was that? I'm sorry. No, I'm going to say, like I said, like you just said, wrestling is a... A strange, weird business. I don't it know why anybody want to get in it. I don't know why anybody wants to get it. It is. Like, I was thinking about, like, I, I, I mean, I, I even said earlier, like, um, like, I felt like there were elements of the concussion lawsuit from a couple of years ago that made a whole lot more sense to me than this does. Mm-hmm. You know? It really did. And... Obviously, the whole background with WWE, and we were talking about this earlier, too, like the whole, you know, Hulk Hogan diming out on Jesse Ventura for wanting to start a union, like, that's something that they still struggle with to this day. Like, 
Think of yeah. how much different the wrestling world would be if if it was unionized, you know? Yeah. It would be um, a much better place, and probably a lot of those deaths that we had in the 90s wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that's why when, um, I forget the guy's name that ran for president, but he was like, oh, you know, starting this new year, I'm going to investigate WWE and why they, you know, they mm-hmm. work with mm-hmm. workers and union, and everybody was like, oh, Vince is in trouble, and I remember saying, Vince doesn't want that to happen. Tony Khan doesn't want that to happen. ROH, no. Impact, no wrestling company wants that to happen because they're all going to suffer. It goes deep. The only company, yeah, it goes deep. Like you have to have big pockets to support a union, and Vince is probably the only one who can have a union in his company and survive. I said, so this isn't a WWE yeah. problem. This is, this would end up being a wrestling problem in the long run, unless it changed the mindset. You know, unless suddenly. We're not talking about big contracts anymore, but just a really deep talent pool that you can pick and choose who you want for different shows. That yeah. would be the only other way that it would be supportable at that point. Um, which, again, I think Tony Khan kind of had the right idea, you know, between Impact and New Japan. I, WWE seems willing to work with Impact. Impact this past weekend had a featured Ring of Honor match on Hard to Kill the, with the ring announcer and... Yeah. And uh, and the commentator, I I mean, it it seems like it's becoming a more and more common kind of thing. I wonder if at some point the whole model is going to change. And now, you know, other than your major stars, really nobody is locked up or exclusive anymore. Which I, I, I don't know. I don't it know. Would it would help. It would help in the long run because I listen to like a lot of these old old guys from the, the, the territories and they'll say things like, you know, when, you know, Eddie Graham was done with a guy down in Florida, he would send them to um to NWA. Here, here's this guy you use. Yeah. I don't need him for a couple months. And then maybe you could, you know, Vince has this big roster. Like you said, Finn Balor. Finn Balor isn't on TV. Send him down to Impact. Let him do something there and then he can come back and vice versa. You know, that. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that, and I feel like it'd be best for the wrestlers who don't have to sit in the back and do nothing, and it would help smaller yeah. companies, and it would help build relationships, which is what wrestling was kind of built on before big, bad Vince McMahon came and, and ruined everything. Right, right. But are we of an agreement? Uh, just, I mean, and it kind of counters what I just said, but, like, in 10 years, Stro, is the entire WWE roster pretty much going to be made up of these athletes that they're signing that we never heard of right now? Because uh, that seems to be I'm, where they're headed. Time will tell, right? <laughs> At the rate this is going. Yeah. Um, one, one other thing, Derek, I wanted to mention kind of before we got out of here it was a discussion we had earlier, and I feel like it's got some legs. Um if you look at, like, today's talent, right, mm-hmm. and obviously the companies are putting in major effort to kind of get some of these guys and girls really over. And we, and we spent a good bit of time talking about this, but very, very far and few and far between uh, do you find wrestlers that actually make a legitimate connection with the fans to where, like, they're over regardless of what the company wants or what the company planned. You know, um, 
for example, Zack Ryder a couple of years ago. I mean, Matt Cardona could have – if WWE were a sensible company, they probably would have put the belt around Matt Cardona, and it probably would have turned into a major thing because the crowd loved him. But I feel like there's nobody on the WWE roster today – not that I can think of offhand. I mean, we were kind of talking about it earlier, but there's nobody I don't think that has that just generic likability other than maybe Brock. Uh, and Roman is slowly getting there. But, yeah. again, both took major efforts by WWE. It was not a generic thing. There's no Daniel Bryan on the roster. You know, there's no um, Darby Allen, for example. You know, there's nobody like that where – the fans kind of decide that this is what they want to do. Yeah, I think when's the last. I guess you could say the last time they did that was those first couple months of Kofi before they ruined him after he won the belt. I guess yeah. the fans kind of yeah. willed, willed him into that match. But yeah, they don't. They used to say, I remember Jim Cornette said, you know, they'd run house shows in New York, and that'd be the only house show that Vince went to because he'd want to see who got the loudest reaction to gauge who was popular and who wasn't. And it's mm-hmm. like now, if you get a if you get a big reaction and he doesn't have plans for you, he almost punishes you. Like poor Zack Ryder got punished for getting himself right. over. It's it's like, it's, yeah. yeah, and and I don't know. I mean, if Zack Ryder gets over, he still works for your company. He's still going to yeah. make you money. So, so what? He isn't the guy that you wanted to have do it. He, yeah. he's still the guy. He's going to make you money. And I don't know where Vince, where he kind of changed. Because if you think Stone Cold wasn't supposed to be the guy, you no, know, Triple H is going to be no. king, Triple H is going to be king of the ring. And then you listen right. to the fans, and now you got a guy in Steve Austin. I don't know why he gets yeah. to the point now that he just decides, oh, we're not going to listen. It, it, it's crazy. the attitude era. Yeah, the Attitude Era was full of them. It was it was Stone Cold. It was uh, Mankind. It was it was mm-hmm. uh, the Rock not taking the route that they wanted him to take to get to that spot. Um, the most popular guy I think of today, the guy that generically is just kind of known, and it really is not because of anything that WWE's done recently. The Undertaker hasn't wrestled in God like had a proper match in what three years now, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's still probably the most popular guy in the company, if you really think about mm-hmm. it, uh, because yep. he has that connection with the fans. There's nobody that, as much as I trash AEW, um, they don't have a Britt Baker on their roster. No, I don't know. They really want to think they do. The closest one I can think of is probably Bianca, and I don't think she's quite there yet. No, and. They did everything to try to ruin her, and she's almost over in spite of it. And they have some people yeah. who who could pro- – like, all right, like Sasha Banks. I was watching the national championship game yesterday, college football, <laughs> and in the intro of the, of the, the intro of the game, freaking Sasha yeah. Banks is the star of the intro of the game. I'm like, what the hell? And they never mentioned it once on Monday Night Raw. And I remember really? during the Attitude Era – yeah, I remember during the Attitude Era when Austin or Rock or anybody was, like, on these late-night TV shows or Steve yeah. Austin was on one of those, you know, was on Walker's Texas Ranger. They would mention it on the show because it makes your guys and your gals seem like a big deal. Sasha was in 
that Mandalorian on Disney Plus, which was one of the biggest shows of last year, and they didn't mention it on TV one time. And she was a champ with yeah. Bailey on their TV show. And it's like that's I know they go well, and they go well. Vince doesn't want anybody to become a star because they might leave, or they can become a star and they can help your business before they leave. How about that? Yeah, it makes sense to me. Why else do you let people do Dancing with the Stars? Right. You know, you're not doing it to help Dancing with the Stars. It's uh, <laughs> it's funny. You know, it's funny because I went to Raw last night, and um, by the way, uh, Lashley is huge. Like, I mean, he's so much bigger <laughs> than I remember him. It's insane. Uh, but, yeah, they had – I was kind of sitting, like, by where, like, the producers are. And um, – mm-hmm. They had, like, the monitors with all the different, you know, kind of all the different camera angles or whatever, and they had the, the 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 football game in the left corner. And I just kept thinking, like, I wonder if they're trying to time it with commercials or whatever, you know, because it is yeah. probably their primary competition that night, I guess, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but now kind of knowing that it, like, featured Sasha, like, I don't know. Maybe there was something more to it. Maybe they were just kind of keeping an eye on what was going on with it. I, I don't know. But it was definitely on that monitor. Producers and I assume everybody backstage was looking at, with the different camera angles and everything. Crazy. And it's 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 like I said. It's she she's your product. Why you wouldn't want her to get a bigger light and be included? Because it all it does is bring more eyes to you. Yeah. But I guess he's yeah. so worried, you know, well, the rock burnt, even though they kind of burnt the rock on his way out. Um, it, I don't know. It's Jim Cornette always says, if young Vince could meet this Vince, he'd fire this this version of Vince. <laughs> young Vince would not be <laughs> Yeah. They did, um, they did a video last night just talking about, like, the WWE stars doing mainstream appearances, you know, and they had, obviously, The Rock and Cena – um, Becky Lynch, the Bellas, they just went through the whole list, you know, with all these, like, kind of mainstream things that these wrestlers are doing. And uh, they showed a significant amount of time on Batista, mm-hmm. which I found really interesting, considering Batista wants nothing to do with any of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? Batista, he said he when he left, because he wanted to do the Marvel movie, and... Yeah. They laughed at him. And it's like, yeah. what? It, 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 and the people go, well, hindsight being 2020, but no, whenever somebody can go somewhere else and become a bigger star, they come back to your TV, yeah. and now they're big. Because all they end up doing is these guys leave, they become major stars, and you end up having to beg them yeah. to come back on your TV. So don't make fun of them. <laughs> yeah. That's that kind of was a big deal, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Even if you didn't know a lot about, like, the, 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 the comic, the, the, the whole, like, brand or whatever. I mean, you know Marvel is a big deal. So if he's doing a Marvel yeah. movie, it's probably going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Kind of stupid. Kind of stupid. And it, Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. And, 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 like, to me, I mean, Batista's the smart one because, like, he knows that he's a bigger star if he doesn't affiliate with wrestling anymore. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he gets it. Yeah. <laughs> The Rock knows it, and he won't say it. I don't think John Cena has totally figured it out. I think he started to realize. You know, you're you're taking money out of your own pocket if you keep talking about WWE. Yeah, 
because then they're just going to look at you as the wrestler. But oh, it's that wrestler guy. Yeah. 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 So interesting times. In- interesting times for sure. And uh, as we build toward the Royal Rumble, I think it's uh, only going to get um, more crazy, you know. We're going to continue to see these rumors about who's going to appear and uh, what what's going to happen and all that. Um, yeah. That's about it, I think, Stro. About it. I got a, I got a question because <laughs> you have to show. Was because from watching at home, it seemed like Brock was the baby face and Lashley was the heel, right? Is, is that what yeah. he was in the building? Okay, good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I it's weird. Um, because there were heels in WWE. This is a lot like the Attitude Era which is like the first mm-hmm. time in a long time I think it's been this way, where the heels are all the major stars of the company. Anybody yeah. who's anybody is a heel. Roman mm-hmm. Reigns, Becky Lynch. Uh, technically, Brock Lesnar's a heel if he's with Paul Heyman. I don't care what they say. Uh, Lashley. You know, these guys, if you've got to choose, they were definitely behind Brock, but there were definitely people that were there supporting Lashley. And... um Dude, he looked incredible. Like, I'm, I'm not yeah. even exaggerating. Like, he comes out in, like, that tan trench coat with sunglasses, and it's like, dude. He looks like a star. This guy's a pimp. Yeah, he looks like a star. He's, he looks yeah. like a star. He looks like, um, I, I was saying to Stro earlier when we were off air, um, Babyface Lashley is more like the real, the real life Lashley. Like, he's soft-spoken, he's kind, he's polite. You know, he would never talk over somebody. And he's confident enough in himself to know that he can kick your ass. He doesn't yeah. need to brag about it. But heel Bobby Lashley, that guy is a megastar. I mean, we saw glimpses of it in TNA, but the stuff that he's doing right now, um, if he were 10 years younger, I would say he's going to be the top star in the company at some point. Yeah. Um, and I, I like to think I, he can get there, but he's yeah, amazing. I mean, he, he is he, he still looks young. I I remember Kevin Nash said something where there's a thing called the airport test. And basically, if you're in the airport yeah. and, you're, and you're a wrestler, even if people yep. don't know you wrestle, they can look and go, he does something. And lastly, yep. he's one of those guys. When him and MVP come out and they're dressed to the nines with the glasses and the suit, they just, if I saw them walking into some place and I didn't know he was Bobby Lashley, I would go, that guy, both of them, they do something because they just look like stars. And a lot of wrestlers... A lot of the younger wrestlers get mad when they hear the old-timey wrestlers say that, but there's something to it. Even Brock. Brock comes out, he has on jeans, a white shirt, cowboy boots, and a jacket, but he looks like he does something, even if you don't know he's Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And there aren't too many guys like them left in wrestling. I um I had the same conversation with Adam Cole more than 10 years ago, uh, 11 or 12 years ago. Um, we did the Super 8 tournament. Adam, Tommaso... Austin Aries, Rich Swan, Eddie, uh, Sammy Callahan. There was a bunch of them. Like, you know, pretty much, the, and that was like the greatest Super 8 ever, in my opinion, because almost everybody kind of went on to become something. But after that mm-hmm. show, we all went to like a, a bar. There was a UFC event, and we all went there. You know, all their all their girlfriends, wives, whatever. Everybody was there, one big table watching the UFC, eating, drinking, all that jazz. And, um, you know... A lot of those guys that thought they were so big 
such big stars, um, and, and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus or whatever, Derek, but like, you know, like Adam Cole, Ring of Honor, CZW, certainly like he had a well-established name among wrestling fans, right? Tommaso, mm-hmm. Ring of Honor, all that stuff, uh, and, and and all those guys, basically. Uh, but the only one that anybody recognized when we were there that came up and got an autograph was Austin Aries. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really eye-opening for a lot of those guys. I, Adam, like I said, Adam and I even talked about it, like where, you know, you think you reached a certain level, but you don't realize, like, how little people realize who you are until yeah. you go out with somebody who they do recognize. And mm-hmm. Austin Aries had been on TV for TNA, and people knew who he was. He he was by yeah. far the biggest star at that table, and not a not a not a knock on any other person there, you know. Um, but that was a real eye opener for that for that whole group. Yeah. And, and and honestly, I think that's when it started to change for them all too. I, I don't know if it was exactly that night, um, but they realized that they still had a ways to go before they were kind of universally known. I, I, I would never be able to go to a bar now with Adam Cole and have nobody know who he is. It would be impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, you know, it felt like they were on top of the world, and they weren't. Yeah. It, 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 almost, it almost humbles you in a way. Um, you, yeah. You hear Kevin Nash and guys tell stories about, you know, when they were working for TNA, and, you know, they thought, you know, I'm still on TV, and, and he'd walk through the airport, and people would be like, hey, Nash, man, you know, when are you coming back to wrestling? <laughs> it's like, I do wrestling. Right. Oh, you do? Where? So, um, yeah. It, no it, idea. it has a way of humbling you, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it's interesting for sure. <sighs> cool. Uh, Derek, did you have anything you wanted to uh, to plug on the way out? Um, No, just happy to be back. And uh, have some good conversation. I remember we had a stretch where it was it was all goofiness, but when we talk wrestling, it's uh, it mixes in the goofiness <laughs> like Rat Boy. It's fun. Yeah, no, it's good. It's all good. I just needed, uh, you know, we kind of fell into the right format. I, I feel like this was the uh, the special sauce, adding adding those couple guys and getting the conversation going. It really has rejuvenated my whole approach to the thing. So it's been really good. And it's been great to have you the last couple of weeks. So glad to, uh, to have you back once again. Uh, Stro, you got, Oh, when is your, uh, HIAC? Is that this week? Last week. Uh, last, last week. Wednesday. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. all right. So you can check it out. Uh, just Google, um, HIAC wrestling network. I think it's called or something like that. Yes. And I don't remember. If you want, if you want to hear me praise the Philadelphia Eagles for the first twenty minutes of the interview, that's where you go. Because I, I speak highly of of Jalen Hurts. I like him. Yeah, I like the kid. I like him too. I like him too. And um, and I, I I hope you don't think I'm talking bad about the Giants when I say that their firing today was a very smart decision. Oh, and a lot yeah. of us are very disappointed we're, about that. We're a dumpster fire. I. <laughs> Look, when he didn't get fired yesterday, I I seriously thought about. I told my brother I can't root for him as long as he's here. I can't. I I seriously didn't think <laughs> yeah. not rooting for him because we were an embarrassment. And if you want to make fun, make uh, fun because we we deserve it. No, no, no. 
No, I like I said, I, I I've mellowed out over the years. I'm not you winning a Super Bowl changes the way you look at things. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I angry like it used to be. <laughs> I always tell people I don't I don't hate the Eagles, um, I, but I think everybody in the division will always hate the Cowboys. <laughs> so that's that's really yeah. the way it is. But like I said earlier, you know I hate the Cowboys. This is this was in, this was the WWE analogy. Like people hate WWE. I said I hate the Cowboys, but if they came calling me tomorrow for a contract, I I I would be a Cowboy in a second. I sure would. You know yep. I'll take that money. I'll mm-hmm. take that money. There's Corey Clement. He'll tell you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Stro, what do you got going on, man? On Thursday night, WWE Retro returns. Uh, we're bringing back the what if uh, scenarios and series. So if uh, you got a favorite what if situation for wrestling you like to share, please uh, call in. Friday night, the Stro Zone, midnight Eastern Standard Time. It's facebook.com slash show the mic shows uh, at midnight. The standard time and the feature for Friday night will be invasion of the body statues in nineteen fifty six. Nice. Love I it. got a what if for you. This was the first what if I thought of earlier and since I can't make it on Thursday. Uh what if the Road Warriors had lasted long enough in WWE in their first run that they could have feuded with the Steiners in WWE. How oh. amazing would that Ooh. have been oh. with that deep tag team nice. roster? Oh man. Because they were always my two favorite teams. And it was like, we got one, then they left, then the Steiners came in. But there was never any crossover between them, and it stunk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That had been tough. Yeah, the only match I was going to call was Starcade when they had the... Uh... Right! Yeah. Right! And I always thought they were like 1 and 1A in terms of like tag teams. I, I, I always did. Right. So, Yeah. Very cool. Um, anyway, uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of In the Room. Be sure to check out all the other great programs that are available on the VOC Nation radio network. Just go to vocnation.com, as well as your favorite podcast platforms. I know we got WCW Retro with What If. we got Brian Ferguson coming up again this week with uh, another special interview, and, and lots more as well, vocnation.com. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon. Just go to uh, VOCNation.com and click on the premium link there. Buy a T-shirt. They're available as well. And thank you for all the support, everybody. Thank you to the callers. Thank you to the best cast and crew that I could ever ask for in the entire world. You guys just make the the night just so much fun for me. I, I couldn't be more grateful to have each and every one of you guys. I love you all so much. ECWA coming up Super 8, the end of March. We'll be talking about that real soon. And, uh... Lots more as well, so be sure to stay tuned. VOCNation.com for all the information that you need. And that's going to do it. Everybody, have a great week. Talk to you real soon. I love you all. Take care.